0: Today I spoke with my friend Angie, the author of the Jennifer Brown book series, a trilogy of books, and we got into where the characters come from, how she wrote the book, some dark places, and there's a very interesting conversation that Angie and I have uh, where we're both laughing about something that had happened to us, and we were talking about that, and we also get into the writing style, how she writes. And what the books mean to her, and our hopes and aspirations in that way. And as always, I hope you enjoy the episode. Please like, share, and subscribe. And enjoy. Thank you very much. Good morning. Welcome to the David Watson podcast. How are you?
1: Very well, thank you.
0: Good, very good. well. Excellent. And before we get into the actual podcast and talking about your books, how's Dottie? And please explain to everybody who Dottie is.
1: Okay, Dottie's my mini dash hound, who's my friend and companion. And um, she's got this odd thing at the moment. It's called a phantom pregnancy where she thinks she's pregnant, but she isn't. And apparently, it affects small dogs like this. So she's a bit grumpy. So she's actually lying down next to me here. So if you hear her whimpering, it's my little dog. But um, all will be sorted, and she'll is, be fine.
0: Is she? Is she still feeling very cuddly?
1: Oh yes, yes. But the problem is, dogs are very clever, and they soon get used to being picked up and cuddled. So she just thinks that she can whimper now, and I'll pick her up, which I do most of the time. <laughs> Yeah, they're clever, cleverer than we think.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. My dog, my dog Molly, has me wrapped around her, her little paws. Yeah, yeah. and and to be honest, I, I don't care. I love it. I'm, no, I'm, I don't
1: care either. I, you know, it's like it's always the owners, not the dogs. But the dogs, um, they they soon get used to more pampering. So that you know, they're like a child; they want to be picked up.
0: My sister and my niece came down today, and uh, this morning to drop some stuff off to my mum. And a Molly was straight away on her back, with both of them rubbing her belly in different places. Yeah. And you just like it's you know the term of dog's life just couldn't be more apt. And she's just there like, don't don't stop. I, I, I just deserve yeah. it. She is the, the rich the definitely a L'Oreal girl, you know, because you're worth yeah. it. You know, absolutely because I'm worth yeah. it. And she was she was all over that. And 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 the indignance on her face when they stop because they, my sister has to take Lillian to school.
1: Oh, I know because they, they just say, "Hey, hang on, hang on. Why, why are you stopping?" Yeah, yeah, Dottie's
0: a bit like that. Yeah, yeah She she is. She's she's really nice. She's really nice. So tell everyone about you have three books, don't you?
1: Three books. Well, it's a trilogy. So um, yeah, they're all of it's the same story, but carried on. You know,
0: on, over three books. Yes, and who who is the main character?
1: The main character is Jennifer Brown, and um, it's it's based on my experiences. What ha- what's happened to me? Um, probably about twelve years ago now. When, when I started this, but um, yes, yeah, so her character is me. Obviously, there's some embellishments and some po- you know some poetic license, but um, most of the characters are based on people. That I've come into contact with in my past, and um yeah it's a, it's a good fun book good fun read
0: so when when you say there's some um poetic license mm. is this you've changed it to things that you wish had happened or you just changed names
1: obviously, I've changed the names and things, and it's i think I think all authors if they' truthful they. You know, they base their characters on car- people you you know you've known One
0: hundred percent, one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, but, but no, no, no. I wouldn't just change names. I would just change up quite a lot. But it's probably probably more their personalities, if if that makes more sense. You know, rather than the people. Um, you know, different personalities. And and when you're writing humor, because my books are humorous, you have to write about people that have got sort of you know quirky personalities it's no good to write about nice people because that's boring that's not funny so you've got to write about some people.
0: it's true as well no one, true, no, one yeah. no one wants to read about nice people
1: no no so and nice people aren't in it but saying that though if anyone watches it um they're not so nice people um might think i've based on them but um anyway <laughs> we'll leave that one <laughs>
0: yeah but you know but it's it's true isn't it Cause it's it's difficult when um it's difficult when you're writing characters um so like there's when when I wrote my book which is obviously completely different to yours but there's still characters in it mm-hmm. and some some of the characters well all of the characters are real people they just I've changed all of the circumstances
1: yeah
0: in, in a weird way but everything that is in that book is something that I've either witnessed personally, or I know who it happened to. And I've kind exactly. of, yeah. And it, it's like they're funneled into a story, you know, and like you say, there's just this little tiny bit of poetic license where <laughs> I've decided who it happened to.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, gosh I mean I never intended I didn't even think I was capable of writing a book let alone three but um life changes we change I think we change every decade we change we become different people yeah we, we evolve into different personalities and so what I thought I was capable of when I was 20 you know 30 40, I'm not going to go on too much otherwise it'll make me ancient yeah. but um we, now, you know, now
0: you're we just, in your
1: mid-30s that's exactly that, that we, we it's it's We can do, you know, it's just determination and um, things happen in life. And sometimes the downside, when life's down, it it gives us more drive to to come back up and um, see what we've got hidden that we haven't used yet. That's what I think.
0: So how long had you wanted to write a book for?
1: Not at all. Uh, Twelve years ago, basically. Quick recap. I was a secretary, had a decent job, um, decent relationship. So I thought, lived, lived with somebody I thought I was going to be with forever. But he thought differently, obviously. So he, he um, found somebody else, basically. Um, sort of very emotional for me. I wasn't very good at coping with it. And a friend in the office one day suggested, why don't you go away and do do, do a different job? Yeah, go away, get some space. And so I, I took a living job, which is um, pretty tricky. But every night I thought, well, you know, you, you can't fail on this one. You, you're going to have to stay. You've given up your job or where you live. So you need to get on with it. And I did. But what I used to do is I'd go over to my apartment that came with the job. And every night I started to write down, first of all, sort of cathartically, what have happened. Somebody suggested, oh, write it all down. It's good therapy. And I thought, that oh, I don't know. So I started writing everything. And I thought, God, that's miserable. That is so miserable. <laughs> and then I thought. Well, why don't you write some happy thoughts down? So I, the first thing I did, I wrote about a holiday I had in Spain with a girlfriend, which was awful, but very funny. And when I read it back, I thought, that's quite fun. And I thought, let's see what else I can think of. So I thought about being in the office and funny, funny things that happened. Funny things have always happened to me because I'm your pretty, you know, sort of um ditzy person, really. But the more I wrote, the more I wanted to write more. And every night when I'd finished this job as cooking, cleaning, everything, I actually looked forward to going to my little apartment and writing something else. And it naturally formed a story. And then I thought, you know, I'm just going to carry on. It took me probably a year and a half to write the first book. And I I, I had no experience, you know, nothing at all. But I just kept writing. And um, that's how the first book evolved. And then I did some research about how do you go about writing books. And I read somewhere that, oh, if you've got a really good story and you think you can write on, make it into a series. And it was then I thought, well, I'm going to make it a trilogy. I had no idea how I was going to make it a trilogy. But it it just kept me going. It kept me going and, and, and... That's the basis. Started to
0: write. How often do you think? Because I've had this when people ask about books is people just get tripped up by. Well, I don't know. Like, rather than just start the book and see where it goes, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: they. Well, I haven't got it all figured out, so I don't start writing.
1: But I think I mean for me, I didn't write things like A to B to C to D. I just wrote incidents you know snapshots and i just put them in, in just in basic word documents and i put them in a, in a file and there was a, you know there was a kind of pattern where i knew i was going to start in the office and move on and everything but um no i i don't think you have to think right i've got to write the story from beginning to end actually i wrote the end of book one before i wrote the middle if that makes sense yeah yeah because you know and you get thoughts as you're walking along. I, 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 I I did most of my thinking when I was out walking. So I always had an iPhone with me or something. So I'd stop and, and write the thought down. Or I'd be driving and I'd pull over and lay by and I'd write the thought down. Because when you're thinking of, of humour especially, it's almost like a, right, like a comedian. You're writing a joke and you need you need the punchline. And, and and you have to write it down because you'll forget it later. Well, you know, as I would. So um, that's how it came. A lot, a lot of my writing was in my head. As I was walking along, and I, you know, probably
0: looked mad, but, um, <laughs> but that's that's, that's, actually, that's probably a really good analogy about the comedian, because of
1: yeah.
0: um, quite often when you listen to comedians talk about jokes and writing, they often talk about they already know what's funny, you know, in terms of punchlines and stuff like that. But it's, mm. it's how they get you from the beginning, the middle, and the end. It's how they take you through the joke so they can yeah. deliver the punchline.
1: Yes. And, and that in a way, it's a bit like a book, if you want to say, you know, yeah. you, you, you get the punchline before you write the joke or you get the end of the book before you write the middle. It, it doesn't matter. I think everyone's different. You know, some writers probably say, God, no, you can't write like that. But I think you do what works for you. And hu- humour is short and sharp. You, you can't dribble on. You know, people want a laugh and then they want to read a bit and they want another laugh. So, you know, you've got to come up
0: with the jokes. Yeah. So that what well, I did yeah and how often so initially so for the first book you um you'd write every day after your job hmm. so did that pattern follow when you left that job
1: I left that job and went to um a temporary job um and yeah I, I still carried on but I I probably put it down for a bit because you've got to be a little bit settled, you know, what you're doing. And um, then I took another job and that was actually a great job. And, and I just carried on. It it became a, a real routine every night, 10 to 12, get to the computer and write. Even if I didn't feel like it, 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 you know, another thing about writing is discipline. You know, so many people start off well and they say, yeah, I'm going to write a book. And then they get halfway and it's on oh, or whatever. But you've really you've got to treat it as a real discipline, to, you know, to get it
0: done. I think, yeah. Yeah, I I remember um, when I wrote mine. It was I can't remember who I I don't remember who said it. So unfortunately, I can't credit him. But I remember somebody just saying it, it didn't matter how often you did it. You just had to the discipline that you would put it like just like for me, I just put it in my diary. That, that I have two hours free that day and I'm writing and wh- whoever it was that I, I heard it in an interview or read it I just would do that I'd just turn up on that day regardless of my mood and I would write and the important thing that that person had said or written was it doesn't matter when you finished if you read it back and don't like it and you delete it or it's the habit mm-hmm. of sitting down to do it because sometimes yeah. you'll write something you really like and other times you'll go back to it and you'll be like, no, that's not what I'm, no, that's not what I was trying to say. But it's, if you always wait until you're inspired, you'll never sit down to write.
1: Absolutely. There there are many parts that, I found certain parts of my books really tricky to write, and I used to think, oh, God, I've got to go back and I've got to do it. I've got to do it. And and sometimes, I don't know, this is an odd thing to say, I never know what I'm going to write until I've written it. <laughs> I don't sit at the desk and think, okay, right, i are going to write that. But then I'll do something and I think, God, where's that come from?
0: You know? 100%, because I often would have just had a line, a sentence, or just oh. an idea, or like, oh, and it might be in a memory or an event or just something that's popped into my head that I was thinking about. And it's it's tiny, you know, like it it might only be a few words. Yeah. Um, but it, I will then sit down, and that will turn into an entire chapter.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, j- and, then, j- and it gives
1: you great, great satisfaction when you you know you've written something really well. You think, yeah. Because it, it really, kind yeah. of just,
0: it's you, you kind of are just, for, for me at least, it was always just, oh, I, I'd have this concept idea, whatever it was, and I'd just make a note around that. And then when yeah. I sat down to write, I'd actually just I'd either be exploring it or explaining it. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, it is I probably that's probably the best way I can explain it. Is mm. I was whatever it was, I'd either be exploring that on paper or I'd be explaining the yeah, explaining it on paper. Yeah. And eventually that was a whole book. <laughs> mm. <laughs> But, but like you, I, I already knew the end.
1: Yeah, I knew the end. I, I'm not, I must admit, I didn't know, to be honest, book one, of course, you, when you write your first book, you don't know if anybody's going to read it. And indeed, if they do read it. Well, they like it because you, you, know, you have no way of knowing. So then you think, gosh, how am I going? You know, I was told by my editor, not to give it to friends to read
0: Mm.
1: because that's a tricky one because if you do that you sometimes you know a friend might say oh you need to change that and and you don't because you have to stick with what you want to do and not not what friends say so i didn't give it to any friends to read but what i did do when i first put it onto a, a download onto amazon i um I gathered book bloggers, book reviewers to read it for me, which they would do. You know, you give them a free copy and they'll they'll read it for you. And then you wait with bated breath to see the reviews when they come in. And um they started coming in really, really well. And and the more good ones you got, the more people would volunteer to read your book. So um that was a good start. That that kind of spurred me on, you know, to do book two and book three. So that that was helpful.
0: Could it, how, how did you deal with the angst of because you can get you, know, you write it all down you have it edited and then you literally do have to let the baby go into the public how was your well, angst about that?
1: Um, I had my book I have a, an editor who you know sort of polished it for me I don't I think you've got to be pretty good if you don't do that to do it on your own. Um, so I knew it was a pretty for me. It, it was it was good. Yeah. Really, I knew it was good, but obviously I I, I self published. Um, and then you have the stigma of self published. You know, it, it, it's a really hard one. But I think you just gotta have the confidence and put it out there because it's something you've worked on for so long you, you, you've you got to do it and um you know you, you you take on you are your own pr person and so it you know it, it's only as good as what you put in you'll only get back what you put in so because my genre is very fun and popular it was it was an easy genre to share yeah so it's um, it's hard work. It's hard work. Even now, you know, when I've got all three books, I, I do lots of shows and different county fairs and things. And um, But the, the feedback I get is amazing. And that makes it worthwhile.
0: But were you not nervous at all about how it may be received?
1: No, no. Oddly not, no. Oh, That's awesome. an odd thing to say. It is. It was good. And that, it, it, I didn't mean to say,
0: no, no, that, that's, but that's fair, because that's, that's honest, isn't it? Do you do what yeah. I mean? I, I, it's, it's really hard to explain to people sometimes. It's just like, you know, without trying to be too crude or blunt about it, but you just as well be fucking proud of your own work, because if you're not, yeah. you can't expect other people to.
1: That, that's, that's the message in life. They always say, if you're not happy with yourself, yeah, how on earth can you be happy in life? And maybe it's the same with a book. You know, if you're not happy with your book, yeah, don't put it out there. If you, so it's like it's a yes. I, I would say that's a good example to say. So um, I was, I couldn't do any more. It had to be as it was. Um, and I know, you know, I'm never going to be known. I'm never going to be a bestseller or anything. But I'm really happy and proud, and it's really helped my self confidence. Yeah. And that's what my books are all about. They're all about coming back from down there, self-confidence, you know, relatable subjects and um, hopefully inspire other women to get on with life. And, um, and also if, you, if, you, if you're writing something with humour, that's what we all need. We all need some fun. We, all need yeah, we do.
0: Yeah. We do. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: so, I mean, you touched on something else as well, and uh, we'll shout out to Riverside Publishing. Um, and we'll yeah. shout them out because mainly they never do their own shout outs um they're quite lazy in that department um but the thing about self-publishing which is actually um just for people to know it's how you and I actually know each other is through self-publishing at Riverside Publishers um and it's it's probably a good opportunity to mention to people like (laughs) yeah once you've written the book you then got to find a route to go down
1: you you have to. I mean the thing is with self publishing and I I hear stories from people that have paid thousands and thousands and, and it's not good. Riverside publishing, they are such good guys. Help you through, they will get your cover not that I didn't need them to design my cover, but they're they're so helpful. But what people must realise is when you self publish, you, you are your own you, you're not just gonna sell books. You know, you, you've got to go out and sell them yourself. They're not they're not gonna sell. No, but, you know, friends might buy them, you'll have a little blip at the beginning, oh yeah, Angie's written a book and friends, whatever. But then you think, oh <laughs> god, I've, I've got two thousand books, what am I gonna do? And and you know you've got to go out and do your own PR. But um, they're very, very, very helpful, lovely guys, Riverside. I'd recommend them for anybody that's thinking of publishing work, self publishing.
0: So how did you go about doing your own PR?
1: Doing my own PR? Again, it's it's a lot of research, really. I thought, right, so, okay, how am I going to do this? Um, A lot of people pay... The thing is with PR, if you pay for it, you don't really know whether it's working, and it can be an expensive programme. You know, I thought, right, now, where have I seen people sell books? Apart from bookshops. To be quite honest, bookshops are your worst nightmare. You don't want to be in a bookshop. I know that sounds really silly. But then you're competing against thousands of others. And I'm in a few independent bookshops and they don't sell. Because I'm on a shelf with so many others. So for my genre, you've got to think, who am I targeting my book at? Ladies? Hmm. Where do ladies go? Right. They go to craft shows. They go to... uh, you know, the country fairs where you have craft marquees. They go to cafes where you have little boutique shops attached and things, um, i.e. in, in um, Salisbury, we have a, a place called Fisherton Mill, which is full of arts and crafts and things. So you, you've actually got to go in as your own salesperson and say, hi, would you sell my book? whatever but you know to do that then then you you need to build up a little bit of a cv with it and, and set, you know and sort of say right these are my reviews and it's good fun and and you have to give away quite a few to be honest you know you've got to say would you like to take one and read it again it's like oh they like it and then you go back next couple of weeks Did you like oh i loved your book angie yes we'll, we'll take them so it's it, it it is that's and you gradually build it up and um riverside um with, there is a, le- a lovely lady now that, that, that does pr who, who's a friend of mine and she helps me and um she actually got me a, a signing in waterstones which is if you're going to get a book signing that's a shop you want to sign in you yeah. know and i think wow me signing my books in waterstones gosh so you know you only get out what you put in but you've got to start from the bottom you know i mean i hate to say it, amazon and social media massive, massive, I'm not really into social media that much, but Facebook, a lot of sales on Facebook, Twitter gets you contacts, gets you in touch, you know so and you've got to put the time in on these you, you really really if you're going to take on your own pr you you've, you've got to do it and um...
0: didn't you have a schedule around if I remember from very old conversation that you and I had a couple of years ago didn't you have a schedule around things like Twitter and stuff What do
1: you mean it wasn't schedule? it
0: wasn't just random you would just like sit down for an hour a day or two hours a day at the same time or something and just just mm. get involved in Twitter
1: well, Twitter, I knew nothing about. I just heard of it. So yeah. the thing is with Twitter, it's all, I don't know, it's all about followers and things, you know, but um, you, and you've you got to sort of um be good at your own graphics. I mean, you know, if you're going online, then you've got to be creative with your posts and, you know, think of slogans and, and things. It's all about getting noticed. Twitter, somebody told me it depends what time of the day you tweet. So you think, okay, you need to tweet out when people are commuting to work. Not that they're doing that now so much. Yeah. Or it, there are certain times of the day that people look at their phones in a lunch break, or tea break, in an the evening. So, you know, you, you can... Um, it's all that sort of thing that makes a difference. But it, it still may not sell you books, but you don't know. You've got to try. And, um, you know, there are lots of people that self-publish and say, well, I've published all these books and I don't sell them. I think, but have you tried? Have you, yeah. have you been there? Book a little, you know, book a little country, you know, a little slot somewhere in a fair. Put your books on a table. It may be self destroying You may not sell them, but you've got to try. Surely if you're self-published you, you, you order a vast amount of books, you, you intend to sell them, but, but you have to go out and promote them yourself if
0: you're self-published. Can I just go back to um, something you were saying to do with your research? How... Because you did, you did mention at the beginning um, when you were saying that that you you thought about who your book was was for, and where they might be, but how did you break that down? What
1: the, what, what the ladies who might buy my book? Well,
0: it's not just ladies, but is that what you mean? <coughs> yeah, yeah. Because because I think one of the hardest things for people to understand when you and it doesn't matter what you're trying to market, it's mm-hmm. one is and they talk people talk about this all the time is. Oh, you've got to identify your market. Right. And, and that really means talking about who your market may or may not be. And then once you've identified yeah. that, it's where are they Ooh. and how do you get them to see who you are? So, how, how did you identify who your market was?
1: Well, my book is, is, is about um, sort of middle aged lady, you know, so there you go. Um, straight away, my book. Although a lot of men, do read it it's it's kind of thought more of the ladies and and you think well as i'm looking at my age young ladies as well where would i buy a book would i would i go probably in the supermarket but you know unless you're published and you've got a deal forget it so again if you go out socially I, i i worked out where i've seen places where they sell books and things and um you know, you've got to think out the box. Whatever genre your book is, you've got to think out the box as where you can sell it. Mine's an easy genre; it's pro- it's woman's fiction. It's easy; it's the biggest one going. You know, so mine would work anywhere really. But if you've got a a, a subject, it isn't so easy. You've got to think: well, where where would that go? For instance, um, oh gosh, I can't think of it. Say, say your book, David. Your you've got to think that niche. Yeah. Where you who who's going to read it? And where would you go to promote it? So because yours is is more to do sort of mental health, am I right, that sort of
0: thing? It's, 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 mine, mine crosses across, because um, mine, yeah. it is a book based on, well, I, mean, I may as well say, it, it's, it's a book about a guy who kills himself, it's about suicide. But it's yeah. about the reincarnation of the soul. So mm. I kind of do something very awkward, where mm. I've got a book about mental health, because it's depression and suicide. But then it's the journey of life because his soul is about how the soul reincarnates. And it then kind of evolves into a self-help book.
1: So you're, that, that's going across several things, you see, mm. isn't it? Yeah. But um, have you ever gone out there and tried to sell it as, as a product? As, um,
0: you know? Only in terms of advertising on Facebook and Amazon, um, mm-hmm. which in terms of return on investment, we next to zero um and that that actually just comes down to when you look into the complexities of market marketing and algorithms so for people mm-hmm. that don't know if you're going to advertise on any on any platform be it google facebook, any of those things mm-hmm. you, they do all have really good um ways to target audiences they in fact all of them are pretty much like for like and they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it takes you about three months, maybe even four months, to identify what your target audience might be and who might Mm -hmm. actually purchase something. Mm -hmm. And the more money you have, the more information you can get back. And once you then have established who that audience may or may not be from the analytics, Mm -hmm. you can then target just... People specifically certain groups, and, and and it's just a cash for volume process. And ultimately, once I had written the book and had put it out there, and a few people had bought it, and I did, I got some excellent reviews. That kind of weirdly became enough for me, uh, because and and partly because I realised even if I had a hundred thousand pounds to throw at it, it
1: yeah.
0: it probably wasn't going to be a bestseller, you know, because it's. Yeah. You know, it, it it's not impossible. It's not impossible by any stretch of the imagination, but you are going up against famous people, famous authors, big budgets.
1: I I know, and I think with with, with mine. I mean, I've had a, couple, a few print runs and things, and um, for me, right at this moment, because I sadly lost my husband to cancer last year, my books now are kind of keeping. they're giving me more, it's giving me some drive to go out and do again, because every book I sell now, a pound is going to the hospice at home charity in Salisbury, because the ladies came out and they helped look after my husband, you know, the last sort of month of his life. And so I've now got this extra drive to go out and sell more because I've got a reason behind it, not just for the book, but for Brian's memory and to help the hospice. So, I will now go on and probably, you know, when I've sold them all, I'll get, I'll, I'll publish more because I've, I've got a, a reason to do it. Had that not happened, I might have, you know, not sort of been... Um, so I wanted to get book three out and do the trilogy, do a huge sort of um, push when I've done the end book. And, and actually, now people are actually, oddly enough, buying three together, so they're buying the whole story, which works, because I've just done... A show last weekend, and um, eight out of ten people were buying three books and not one, so the it works yeah. you know the theory works but I, my drive is now to go on and raise some money for hospice, so I will carry on physically promoting my own book
0: because you you 've mentioned that in a previous conversation you and I have that when your um, husband Brian passed last year mm. you you kind of <sighs> I'm not sure, I, I, don't want, I don't want to be clumsy with this, but it was kind of, you You were able to take refuge in writing the last of the trilogy.
1: Absolutely. When Brian passed away, a day before lock, the first lockdown, it was an awful time because he couldn't have a funeral or anything. So it was tough for me. I couldn't have family to grieve here or friends or, you know, all that went, gone. So I was halfway through the, second, the third book and writing humour when you're grieving isn't great but oddly enough you find humour in the darkest places sometimes so it, it, it again that made me think right finish this book get this book finished and so I did and it kind of distracted the grief sometimes and the loneliness that I had just being alone so it really made me finish and put a lot of emotion into the last book so um yeah right writing can help in many ways and um now again, Riverside published it for me, and um, I've got the trilogy, and I'll, I'll, I'll just carry on with them. I think because of all the, we never know what life, what's going to bring us, you know, twists and turns.
0: Yeah, um, it it is, it is. Yeah, yeah it's it it's funny, and not, not funny, ha ha. Always the way that uh, you get chucked curveballs that you're supposed to dodge, yeah. and and you're like, oh. You do. You know, and, and, and my, often... my
1: books are all about curveballs my books are all about curveballs <laughs> but knowing you can come out you can still smile and you'll come out you'll come out of them
0: where does that faith come from? that faith? yeah
1: I don't know, I've always been a very happy, outgoing person always possibly a bit of a mask I grew up in Somerset quite a shy girl, bullied at school a lot. And when I was about 14, I remember there was a, like an end term production. can't remember the name of it, drama production. And the English teacher put me in a comical role. And looking back now, I think she did right. But I got on stage and I realised I could make people laugh, which is really relevant you know, to my books, and I thought, gosh, and that gave me this kind of, I I could make people laugh. Suddenly I became popular. It was my survival mechanism. And I think over my life, I've managed to make people laugh or smile, you know, probably as I ended up as a secretary, you know, smiling, you know, front of house, that sort of thing. But that's me. That's, I've always been a sort of a, That's where my, oh gosh, my deep roots are, yeah. But but starting off, very insecure with myself, very um, no confidence. And suddenly, you know, as I grew older, my confidence came up. And so when life hits you, me, a curveball, somehow I just use my own mechanism and and smile. I I come out of it.
0: But that's the thing, though, isn't it? Because you do come out of it is, you know, you know I, I, I'm fortunate, especially in, in, in the last couple of weeks, um, you know, I've seen you and stuff in person and you and I have discussed about, you know, what's gone on in the last couple of years uh, since before lockdown, which was before I'd seen you last and the last time I'd seen Brian. And, but you, you do have a... And, and this, because here's the opposite, because I wrote a book about suicide, to, to know what it means. Yeah, yeah. Did you saw me? It's like polar opposites. So it's and 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 in a sense, it was a reflection of how I did nearly kill myself because oh. I wasn't able to pull myself up. I mean, I did, but it was because I did nearly kill myself, and I just like come. Do
1: you, you remember our conversation? Yeah, I know. Yeah, the, yeah.
0: Like
1: I must tell. I'll just say this on. I got so low once. Yeah break up my relationship, I stood at a bus stop and I thought, right, all it would take, two steps out on that road, and I could end it. It's an odd thing, um mm. awful to think about, but it, the funny side of this was I thought, okay then, so I went to step out. Whether I would have completely, I don't know, but I thought about it and I went to step and the bus stopped. And the driver said, You getting on love? And I said, no. <laughs> oh he said so then i suddenly thought i can't even do this because i was at a request bus stop so every time i would have tried to step out and, you know kill myself the bus would have stopped anyway so it, and i walked away and i laughed about it and thought yeah that's good you can't even kill yourself without doing it you know so. one of the reasons
0: <laughs> i'm laughing so hard is not just because the fact you were still at the request bus stop but i remember when you and i were talking about this in your kitchen and you're telling me about your suicide, potential suicide story, yeah. I'm telling you about mine, while we're sitting there drinking <laughs> co- drinking coffee and eating your sponge cake, Victoria cake, <laughs> laughing yes. about the fact we nearly, you know, that we'd had these dark thoughts and uh, mm. I had nearly taken yeah. a terrible turn. <clears throat> and it was just, as you were saying it again, I was reliving the humour in the kitchen and I could still see it there with a the fork, eating your eating your homemade Victoria sponge. Like, oh yeah, no, I get. it. Actually it was coffee cake. I can tell a lie. And then I had shortbread. <clears throat> so lucky, you
1: know, you had Victoria's Sponge last week, you know? It was, yeah, it
0: was Victoria's Sponge last week, and it was, um, Yeah. And for anyone listening to this it, Sorry?
1: Yeah. It just shows you, you know, we we we're there talking about really dark times. This is what
0: I'm saying. But we found, found humour.
1: Yeah. In them. There's humour in it. And um And
0: and just you know, on a side yeah. note, sorry, for anyone else that does invite me round for things coffee cake yeah. it's, it's you know it's victoria sponge anything like that a standard's been set and you are being judged <laughs> yeah you you're right it's just we were you know i just i just remember how much we were laughing and and just actually how surreal it was because of the topic we were talking about mm-hmm. yeah and... it, it,
1: it's a very, very deep topic but like i said you know we, we can find after the event you can find humour in your most darkest moments. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And here we are.
0: And here we are. And that's probably then a great place to stop. Um, But before we do, could you actually mention the name of your books?
1: Yes, I've got some. Oh, look, I'm in my office. So I've got some here. Hang on, I'll just show you. This is the most recent one. This is the, the end.
0: Yeah. Oh, here we go! Book. It's nearly coming up. So Jennifer that's
1: Band-born.
0: Jennifer Brown, the Man of Born, to the Man of yeah, Born. That, yeah, that's number three. I don't think I've got number
1: twos up here, but this is the first one.
0: Jennifer that's, Brown's Journey.
1: Yes, that was that's my first book, and there's one in between that.
0: So, so um, it's the trilogy of the Jennifer Brown, of the Gen- yeah. of Jennifer Brown, yes. and it's available through Amazon, Waterstones.
1: Yes, though, yeah, you can order them from Waterstones and different places. But to be honest, I think I've got a website which is Jennifer Brand. you know, Jennifer Brands Journey, or just Google me and whatever. And I tend to um, ask people to contact me and then I will personally sign them and post them out.
0: Oh, fantastic.
1: Yeah, that's the way it works best. I get get lots of things, lots of requests
0: okay and i will make sure those um links are in the bio and everybody knows and so anybody that contacts you directly can have a personal signed book absolutely yeah
1: that's what i do i sign them
0: the okay and if you ask really nicely you'll put in a victoria sponge recipe oh
1: god yeah i'm not sure that posts very well
0: but no not slice just the recipe
1: <laughs> oh the recipe oh that yeah <laughs>
0: No, that's great. Thank you very much.
1: Talk to you. Take care. Have a good day.
0: Thank you.